welcome to the Aging Millennials Podcast. Welcome everybody to the second edition of the Aging Millennials Podcast. Episode 2. Uh, Episode two. I am your host, John Johnson, uh, with your co-host uh, Matthew, Matthew Sparks. Sparks. Yes. So uh, we are. This is we are coming to you today from uh, two separate locations. Uh, so we're not gonna have perhaps the same chemistry that we usually do <laughs> when we're right across from each other. I highly doubt but it. We're highly doubt try. it. Uh, Matt is in his bunker in Sarasota in his uh, studio. And I'm in mine. And we are trying to grasp at normalcy. Uh, we're trying to keep the dream alive. Uh, we're trying to stay positive. We want to come to you all. We want our voices to go out to you in your homes where you are currently quarantined. And maybe we can uh, provide you with some entertainment. Yeah, that's fair. You know, entertainment entertainment's at a premium these days and i think normalcy has been uh blown right out the window here i think right out the window it's it's nothing is uh there's a new normal now but it, it's such a uh interesting to look from our first episode was like in late february right somewhere around there and somewhere in there in literally a month and a half you know the whole world changes you know it's, it's such a sudden, sudden thing. It was quite rapid, quite a rapid degradation that occurred. Right. I, I told you, remember I called you on the phone. I was like, if we, if I had to play disaster roulette, I would have never picked this one. I would have gone with zombies. <laughs> zombies. What's with your, uh, you know, for me, the hardest part when, and which is why I'm trying to do this, we're trying to do this is the lack of current entertainment <laughs> because i don't know about you but for me i'm finding it very difficult to enjoy uh, entertainment that was created before all this started it's very difficult for me to watch like shark tank or uh you know jesus christ superstar or something because i feel like so much has changed that i need what i'm watching to at least have some element of what's happening oh right now in it and so the only thing that's current in that sense right now is the news, and you cannot watch too much of the news because it'll make you crazy. Good Lord, yeah, for sure, yeah. No, well, we're certainly all stretching out the entertainment basket thin, all of us, about now. So thin. You know, there's only so much to reach for in the end. You get sick of watching TV anyway, you know, there's only so much TV you could watch. and uh, A lot of jigsaw puzzles being done, a lot of <laughs> little lego projects a lot of models a lot of drawing a lot of guitar playing yeah yeah for me guitar playing for sure and going for long long walks i go for these five six mile walks that zap some of my energy get some of that out i envy you the walks i i attempted to go for a walk with my wife and our daughter uh we live on a cul-de-sac which is a blessing because it's uh free of traffic for the most part but it's short enough that it's fun to walk but you can't really get a good exercise walking so we walk down to the end of our street where there is a sidewalk that goes along a sort of a busy road and it's a fairly well used sidewalk and uh so a woman comes power walking by i'm like okay i'm gonna jump in the stream right behind this woman so we cross the road we get onto the sidewalk we have our little jogging stroller going and we're walking and the lady just erupts in this fit of coughing. Oh, like, like I don't know, maybe 10 feet in front of us on the sidewalk. Oh. And I'm just like, okay, well this was fun while it lasted. Let's turn around, cross the street, go back to our safe cul-de-sac Dude, zone. It's so and just walk up and down our road five, six, seven, eight, nine times. It's so awkward passing people at all on the road. Now I've passed so many people where, literally one most people will just go like separate on the sidewalk like give each other three or four feet or whatever but one lady walked all the way into like the bike path you know and it was made... i don't blame her i'm doing the same thing i go in the grass yeah you know but 
Yeah, it's the world, you know. This that's that's to me like I think you talked about this before. That's the greater effect of this is the psychological effect it has on the way we interact as human beings. You know, well, I don't know how much of that can be quickly forgotten. You know, I think with the vaccine it can, but everyone's always going to be paranoid of it until then. So where are you shopping these days? Oh, it's literally just stop at the grocery store a couple times a week, maybe. And Which grocery store? Publix, Publix or yeah. Whole Foods? Publix. Does your Publix uh, have the aisles that you have to go in a certain direction? No, my Publix has been pretty f- free-flowing with the rules. It seems like normal operation for the most part, minus the big plastic guards in front of everybody now Yeah. at the checkout. Well, my Publix just started this rule where you each aisle has an arrow uh, on the ground on, of tape. And you have to only go a certain direction down a given aisle. To make it six feet apart or whatever, yeah? Right, so that you're not crossing face-to-face with people. Yeah, no, I mean, every, everyone's trying to be conscious, though. It's obvious right now. We're in the heat of it. Now, I think this is probably, as we speak, the the peak, probably, I would say, of what the virus is going to be. That's what I'm, you know, that's what's maddening about the news like we talked about. I think everybody feels the same it's way. It's the same thing over and but, over. But it's also con- has a different opinion. It's conflicting, yeah. It's like you, you'll hear different things from different people. And, you know, different things from the government. You see the government battling with the scientists and doctors. And you see this sort of, whew, it's it's a powder keg, you know? I'm having difficulty understanding uh, one thing. That, okay, New York is having its peak as we speak. Yeah. Supposedly. And Florida is supposed to have its peak a month from now. And, I mean, granted, we're not on total lockdown like New York City is. But why are we having it? A month later, we're still not interacting with each other at all. I mean, a little bit, but we're we're on pretty heavy-duty stay-at-home orders. Well, the the biggest cases uh, in Florida are on on the other coast, Miami metro area, right? Right. So but they locked it down a week ago. So yeah, but uh, why you, are they going to have the cases in a month? Because when you look at it, when you have a city of more than a couple million people living there. It's practically impossible to get everyone to comply. People are going out right. and interacting. There's people still having parties. There was someone in my neighborhood who had a party. It was like not. It was probably a couple of weeks ago, and it, that's what I was like, "Oh snap!" People are messing around. You know, it's like talk about having a party in the middle of the pandemic. You know, like it's a little it crazy. It does sound lovely. I, it sounds just to walk because I was going to suggest you know if someone's having a party to go over there in a rage and you know bust in the front door like frank what's the, the matter with you people <laughs> but then we're going streaking like, we're, right <laughs> I, f- I feel like we're all uh so uh needy right now of human contact and we crave it so hard that i feel like if i were to go over to a party t- to go hey stop it what's the matter with you oh that you got a keg Oh, that's sweet. No, uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna comment. But like, cups? listen, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know me, dude. You know me. I'm. Ne- I will like never call like the cops on anyone. You know. No, for sure. I of would never. Not. You know, if I have a problem with, with you or have do like doing it, I'll go and talk to you. But you know, I like I said, if I if we look if we thought back to when we were like 16, 17 years old. We would have been like, forget this. We're meeting at the little beach and we're, you know, hanging out. Yeah, we would have. We would have. Do- yeah, if, if we would have dodged parents these went orders. out of town, it's possible that we would have. Somebody would have you thrown just, a house party you, because we didn't understand the gravity of the situation. Well, you think you're invincible when you're that age. You really do. You're like nothing can and stop. And you don't. You don't understand uh, issues in the news, global issues. It doesn't, it, these things are foreign to you. Well, and then plus like, to an and it's always like your life is more important. Like my little story of having fun and having a good time on earth. Right. I'm 18. I'm never going to be 18 again. I, wh- what am I doing? Just sitting in my house while my best days are passing me by. I get it. Yeah. 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 There's it's, it's going to be, it's been interesting since, uh, for me, I knew this was start. I knew like I heard, rumblings in the news a little bit about this coronavirus in Wuhan only because I knew about Wuhan from living in China it's a big one of the biggest cities in China and uh when it started to come over here I remember I was supposed to take a flight after the music festival to go to a conference in Dallas and 
my trip was already booked. I had everything all set and they canceled the conference. That's when I, that's to me was like, Oh, that moment of this is, this is for real now, you know? So I want to get off of this okay. for a minute because okay. I feel like everyone's tired of hearing about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you about that music festival that you went to in our last podcast. We discussed yes. uh, the fact that you were going, who you were going with, so and speculated overall, a little bit about it. Overall, it was a, a terrific time, a great A overall festival experience. There were uh, mostly it was a camaraderie, had a great, a, a great crew. Everybody was having a good time, taking care of each other. We all stuck together the whole time. Uh, and you know, our camp was pretty far from the festival ground. So that was a lot of walking. I'm talking, it was probably a good mile and a half, like to walk. Was to there the a festival. feeling there? Because that, that went on when things were starting to be canceled and, um, yeah, it was well known about, and I, I feel like a situation like that, there must've been this feeling there because it's all young people partying for the yeah. most part. And it's like, it's almost this palpable world ending vibe. Like it, was it a very like, yeah, there was an alien. There was elements of that, uh, for sure. But it, you know, you remember when people are in a situation like that, they're just so oblivious. The whole world melts away. You know what I mean? It's like, that is oh, okay. the whole world. So there, but no, don't get me wrong. There was a general vibe of, of thinking about it, it was in our consciousness, you know? Uh, and they, um, was they, that, they, they have fires at that. They have a fire stage there. It's pretty sweet. No, but I mean the individual campsites. No, like, you can't. You, you can't. Pit? No, you can't start a fire. No. There's too you're many. Little, like, uh, there's too many people. There was like lit, it was like thirty thousand people. These camps were humongous. These huge, oh, so it's just basically right behind your car. Your car like camping. So we we had a cool campsite because we got this little corner next to the woods, so we we could go out. You know, we had a lot of space. Okay. Uh, and so the campsite was sweet and, and Ryan's friends have all this, this sweet like festival stuff. So they have all the tents and the like hammocks. The whole deal. Yeah. Nice grill. Uh, no, no, we didn't really cook like that. You know, you're uh, too. So what do you eat? You just eat in the festival? Well, you brought, you brought, you brought your own little snacks and then, yeah, you eat at the festival a couple of times. You have, See, for me that, I mean, that is, I don't need to eat that much. Hey, I, I don't need to eat that much at a festival. No, but just the hanging around the, but the hanging around the, the campsite, Grilling up sausages, having some beers, putting some yeah. chicken on there. Yeah, it could be. It I feel could, like that's an essential component. It could be cool, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, yeah. Anyways, nothing fancy, just a little Coleman camp grill. You know how it goes, man. You just kind of everyone in this in this instance, we were all at one campsite, um, but we all just we had our own brought our own individual things. No one really like got together on that. But okay. But either way, though, uh, the the music. Um, there was one set that I think all of it stood out to the whole crew more than the, in the whole weekend was big, gigantic. And yeah, that's very upbeat. Holy smokes. It was a spectacle of a show. We're talking about fire, lasers, lights, horns, uh, the whole, it was a big, big, big production. So the big gigantic set was pretty mind blowing. Then of course, have we seen, have we seen each other in, physically that when i just when i met you at the park just when we saw you at the park but since the last podcast no was that the last time we hung out yeah probably that's amazing that's a long time yeah this is weird what uh, yeah i I can't remember can't remember that uh can't remember a time before that because i went to the festival and then i went to dallas and then i came back and then we were in quarantine so, uh, you, you work for an Italian company. I do. So what's, what's going on over there? You got any inside track on uh, what's the deal in, in Italy? Well, you know, Italy is still, um, you know, kind of fighting through it. And, and especially where my factory is in the North is, is Bergamo is where the factory is located. And, and Bergamo was devastated by the virus. It was like the number one city in the world for, oh. For deaths and whatnot, but I guess the, uh, what I'm hearing most recently is that everyone at our factory made it out alive. One guy got it and went to the hospital, uh, and he but he recovered. So now it's about how when does the Italian government, just like our government now, decide to open things back up? Because now it's on the government. So but they haven't yet. No, we have not resumed full operation. It won't happen this week, but we're they're trying for next week. 
Okay. Well, that's um, positive. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I'm thankful. They've been they've been very good to me, you know. They've been a, a good employer in this time. There's a, a lot of a lot of people in my position that that got canned, you know. And uh sales in general cuz everything comes to a, a screeching grinding halt, you know. Well, um, it's good uh for the money factor, but also just because uh, you're working from home, so you are staying productive for a little bit of the day at least. Yeah, but uh, but but yeah, no, I'm saying there's there's productivity to be had but you're in sales your job is to sell things you know what i mean in the end and right. in this kind of environment you know it's the, the trade at all any everyone's very nervous to spend money and everyone well really really what you're doing is just laying groundwork at this point and trying to forge some relationships going forward so that when all this is cleared up they'll be like oh i remember i remember mad he got in touch with me uh, just to check up during the, yeah uh, no no for sure yeah you don't you don't reach out to just try to sell things to people but anyways it's a uh, just like a lot of other companies luckily we're we're just the right size of like a, as a as a small company to be able to possibly weather the storm uh and see what happens on the other side of it you know so there have been a lot of streaming events yeah. during this uh music streaming events have you been partaking of any of not those? as much as i'd like to admit I, I i'm i'm a big youtube video seeker so i go on these big right. i go on youtube video runs for out like i could go a couple hours of that where i'm just watching well you do you're music. A, a bit of a wikipedia crawler as love well, it you not Did, i mean I could I could literally follow the the tunnel of a of a Wikipedia article <laughs> to like thirty different pages until you yeah. know I started off reading about like you know Shakespeare and now I'm all of a sudden reading you know about Leonardo uh, DiCaprio or something it just goes in some weird what an amazing time we live in <laughs> yeah. you know thank God for the internet with all this man alive. This would be so much harder without uh, the video calls, without uh, streaming, without uh, being able to keep up to date with the latest news and warnings and the latest human interest. I, I, if we didn't have the internet through this, oh, I, I think it would be a bit harder. Oh, absolutely. 100%. You know, of, of, but of all the things, you know, internet has uh, brought good to us there's also some things uh about it that are bad you know so are, are you staying up late or going to sleep early you know i'm, I'm off and on like sometimes well, some nights i fall asleep regular like at 10 11 o'clock and i get a good night's rest and other times i'm i go to bed at 3 a.m you know i don't know yeah it's like i'm it's like it's you alternate you know are you this is a personal question but are you are you losing it ever? You know, are you just completely breaking down and with anxiety and just worry and and just kind of losing it for a minute? You know, not really. I, I, I haven't I, I haven't I had have that moment once or twice. Yeah, yeah. No, really. Yeah, yeah. I hear you, buddy. I know you. I know you're going through a lot. I know the. Uh, I know it's closing the store. I know it was not easy. I know that. And yeah, I mean, um, most of the time it's easy to be positive. It's just sometimes. This, this gets overwhelming, and I have it pretty good compared to... I mean, could you imagine it in New York City? You, you, it's been longer than we've been on quarantine, and you're not even going outside. You're in a little New York apartment for a couple of months. That's, that's solitary confinement. Yeah, brutal, you know? Brutal for sure, but the thing about it too is maybe it's that unifying factor of we're all in this together, you know, as human beings. You know, this is the, no one's spared of it, and there's going to be people who are going to suffer more than others because of this. But we're going to see what we're made of, you know, as a people, as a as a country. We're going to see if we can't. There's the, you can't solve every problem that this creates. You know, this is a big torpedo of problems. Yeah, now. it's a big one, but. I think if we we show a little compassion, and now there's going to be a reshuffling of the economy in an, in a way, you know, so all these industries just have completely shut down, and all these restaurants, uh, you know, all these different kinds of businesses are gonna are gonna close, uh, and then 
in their wake, new ones start. That's just how it goes in a, in a, you know. It's like a, a fire, a brush fire. You know, it comes through. <laughs> it's a, I guess it's a, a natural thing in a way, but uh, that's what we have firefighters for, right? Okay, I guess we're going to take our first break here. Uh, we did manage to get some sponsorship, uh, which was pretty cool. So uh, I guess we'll see you after the break. Thanks. Smothers Brothers For all your moving needs. Howdy folks, here at Smothers Brothers Moving, we understand that these are unprecedented times. We know that safety is the most important thing to you. That being said, we've changed the way we do things a little bit. First off, when we come over to your house to help you move, we won't touch a thing. We'll just back the truck up to the front door and you can load everything yourself. When you're done loading it up, we'll drive across town and pull right up to your new house. You can take everything on out of the truck and put it in your house yourself. You never even have to talk to us. You know, on second thought, I guess you could just rent a U-Haul. Yeah, just rent a U-Haul. Smothers Brothers! Smothers Brothers. We won't break nothing. Probably. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we just want to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Smothers Brothers Moving, for that uh, very time-appropriate advertisement that we just heard. <laughs> so, Matt, uh, you gaining any weight? It's the story of my life, John. So, it's like I'm such a fluctuator, you know? I, uh, I go up and down so, uh, so often. So, I think I'm at a net zero gain. Um, wow. meaning I've lost and I've gained at, you know, I think at an even level, no, uh, no COVID 15 for you. I've, I've successfully avoided the COVID 15. <laughs> oh, I just got it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the COVID 15. Not getting a little pot belly happening. Well, I have always had a little bit of a pot belly, but no, it's like, I, I mix in like all yogurt and whatever for, for breakfast and then I'll go out and like have a burger and fries for lunch. You know what I mean? It's like I break even, I think. Well, you get a lot of exercise what, with the walking. But I just got a blood test back. And part of the uh, aging millennial theme here, you know, stuff that you never did when you were younger. And uh, everything came back fine except for triglycerides. Mm, those pesky triglycerides. <laughs> our, our rich uh, American diet catching up with me here. Well, so comes of the red meat and the... And the booze, my mom, my mom food. says, my mom goes straight to the booze. She's like, yep, too, too much booze. I don't believe that it is in any way related to the booze. Other no, than no, it totally is. No, it totally is. It's indirectly responsible for it uh, by causing you to want to eat hamburgers and to That's fair. That's fair. That's very good. But that is true. People underestimate the, the drunk munchies, you know? Oh, they're brutal. They're, they're intensified. They're responsible for so many pounds. Because it's, yeah, it's, 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 and not only that, but it's also the next day when you're depleted and you're super hungry and you're just right. want And all you want is grease. Grease, cheeseburgers, tacos, or whatever. What's been your guilty pleasure of the whole quarantine process? Right now it's s'mores. <laughs> s'mores. Because the Hershey bars were buy one, get one for a gigantic pack. And I got a big bag of those great big marshmallows and a box of graham crackers and we are going to town so how do you make how do you make a, like in the oven you you make them in the oven you put i just put the plate right in the oven <laughs> under the broiler you put graham cracker chocolate on one then you do graham cracker marshmallow on the other side put them on the plate stick it under the broiler let the marshmallows get nice and brown and fluffy and crispy and delicious oh yeah and the melt and the chocolate get all melty and then you just mm, get them together and get wait a minute because it'll burn your tongue if you eat it right away. You got to give it, I don't know, a minute, two minutes. Now you're talking in. dirty. Oh man, that's some some quarantine joy. For right me, there. it's a, it, it's all about the meltiness of the of the uh, 
marshmallow and the chocolate and the toasting of the graham cracker. You remember, you remember s'mores pop tarts. Um, you know, did, I, I, did you I ever eat pop tarts growing up? I was more of a toaster strudel man. Oh, we had toaster strudels too. That was also a thing. Not a big pop tart family. <laughs> But we used to get uh, the s'mores pop tarts, and then I would I would break off the graham cracker edges and just eat those last, like a like a uh. heathen, like a heathen. Yeah. Do you remember Dunkaroos? No. What were those? Were those like the the ghetto Oreos? Sort of. It's like a little snack pack, and you peel the thing off, and there's like a little a reservoir of creamy, sugary syrup, and then there's a couple of like graham pieces and you just take i don't know i don't remember if they were they were shaped in the in the shape of a kangaroo or something and you would take the graham cracker and just uh get it in the sugar and it was delicious that birthday cake one oreo one you know what if i ever had the choice i'd always go for the cheese version of that you know what i'm saying more than the yeah, it's more, a whole different animal i don't think they even ventured into the cheese it's like the same factory making it though it's like here we're it's making just, you icing the yeah, squirt you squirt the icing. <laughs> It's probably the same company. But I've been eating a lot of um, uh, Kind Bars. Kind Bars? I looked up on the internet what the best uh, for you snack bar is. Turns out it's a Kind Bar. Oh, and those are like the ones that have the ratios of the macros in them or whatever, right? Like it's got... Yeah, well, it's a lot of nuts just joined together in by this gelatinous... And there's like some chocolate on it. What Let's about what about what about kind chips. kind bars? Don't you like the kind bars? That's what I just said. Kind. Oh, bars. I thought you said kaim, like C H Y M E. I'm like, oh, never mind. Like like Jewish? <laughs> yeah, I kaim? don't know. I was like, or like kaim bud. I was well, like, kaim wait bars. a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, kinds are kind is a is a good product. I enjoy that for sure. I'm absolutely annihilating potato chips. Oh, Which I don't usually eat. Dangerous, dangerous to have oh. on hand. My mom, when I was growing up, used to get those kettle cooked potato chips, and she would get a little bowl, and put sour cream and that ranch powder in it. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. Stir it up, and the kettle cooked chips into that. Oh, yeah. So no, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Can't for sure. stop eating that. Sun chips. Uh, barbecue, baked lays, tortillas, you, you lots got, of salsa. You, you gotta like, you, you have to find a way like to stop buying them, number one. And number two, like portion control. Like I suffer I, with it too, man. It's like if I buy a bag or a batch of something, I'm screwed. Like I'm gonna eat them all. I'm gonna, or like, for example, I have no idea how people buy like a pint of ice cream and eat like 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 a third of it and put it back like i don't know maybe it's just my style but as soon as i start to like dig into it i'm like i'll just eat eat the whole thing i can go a pretty long time on a pint because what i do is i'll meander past the uh, freezer and i'll take the pint out and just maybe like skim a little bit off the top you know just a (laughs) bite or two's worth and just like sneak it and then put it back and then i'm good for a while it lasts for days. You're not really an ice cream guy, then. No, I'm. A, I love ice. You know what I like to do with the ice cream? I get the little cake cones from Publix. They're like a buck for a dozen of them, and you get an ice cream scoop and a pint of ice cream. That's a good way to keep from overeating the ice cream too, because you just get it in the cone, and get it in there really good, and then you got like a legit ice cream cone, and it's not that much ice cream. You you know what has to make a comeback is Italian ices, dude. I used to love those. The the lemon Italian ices were my favorite. Yeah, I don't know. I always remember they would just get into this ball, like you'd oh. eat it, and then the ball would start turning over, and it would be yep. just one frozen chunk of ice. Oh, but when it gets it gets just to that melty point where it's just like, oh, then I put that I put the whole ball, eat the whole ball at the same time. Ooh. Wait. That sounds weird. <laughs> Have you ever had a... You know that French thing looks like a little sandwich? You know what I'm talking about? They come in all different colors. A macaroon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever had a macaroon? I think they're totally overrated, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not you in gotta, the macaroon you gotta family. You got to get a good one. Oh, dude. I went to St. Armand Square once, 
and there's a a macaroon shop on St. Armand Square, really ritzy, right? And it's like 20 bucks for like six of them or something. I don't know. It's super expensive. I'm like, all right, I'll try them. And it's like, oh, it's a fluffy cookie with a (laughs) center. It's nothing special, dude. Macaroons aren't that great. I'm sure there's someone out there right now who's like, macaroons are the best. Well, I think it's the ability that of how they can make them into so many different interesting flavors, like uh, pistachio. I've seen purple ones. I don't know if that's grape or what, but they go all over town. With the I'll take a cookie. I'll take a cookie any day. A regular old co- chocolate chip cookie over a macaroon. I'll any take day. two scoops of Rocky Road ice cream. Yeah. Yep. Just want to take that too. Over the top. Yep. Ben and Jerry's, man, that's that's a weakness for sure. But but I haven't got it in a long time. That's why I don't buy like I've trained myself over the years, like that's the thing. I have very bad impulse control. So if if I have it, I'm gonna do I'm gonna eat it, right? It doesn't sit in my uh in my fridge and just sit there. So that's like what stuff like it, For me during this, you know, I have thrown the rules of moderation basically out the window. Because this is a hard thing to deal with. And I have just said to myself, like, dude, eat the potato chips. Like, have the extra glass of wine. Like, do these little things for yourself that you would not normally do to, to up your pleasure to try to counteract oh, some no, of this Oh, no, no, no. You've got to be, and you've got to be, like, forgiving to yourself in these times about, like, if that gives you comfort, go for it, man. I mean, it's not, but at the same time. You also have to, like, you can't build, like, we're building habits as subconsciously. You know what I mean? Well, you don't want to take it too far. But it's so easy to. When you buy a big old bag of potato chips and all of a sudden it's like, and then plus your stomach and your mind, it's like, you can get addicted to it. You can get addicted to, to almost anything. I'll tell you what I'm really going to town on, and this is probably the most harmful, is grilled cheese. Oh, I'm just going through the grilled cheeses for some reason. I got a big thing of cheese from Sam's Club, and I'm just making them. It's comfort food. It's comfort food, man. It's just it makes you feel good and warm, and like, oh yeah, this brings me back to a better time, a better place. And it's more than just the taste, and the taste is good, you know. Remember when we used to work at uh, you and I used to work at Ted's Montana Grill as waiters? (laughs) Fun time. Fun time. Say hi to everybody and say. Hey, welcome to Ted's. We specialize in modern American comfort food. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, dude, I remember that we got chopped all the time. Remember? Oh. Which was like the waiter's nightmare because it's like you had to go through this script for every single table. And it was so canned and so awful. But and I it got just sh- ruins your personality. But I remember I got chopped once. Uh, for a lunch or something. And I remember I hated it even more for lunch. Because you know how people are for lunch, right? They come in for lunch. They order a burger. They want to get in get out. Whatever. I don't care about And they're cheap. Th- and they don't get an alcoholic drink. Give me a water and a burger, dude. And get out of here. I'll give you three bucks. All right? Right. So, so, <laughs> so I got chopped. And I didn't do any of that stuff. And I got like a 20% on the shop. And then, you know, I got brought into the office. And like, are you really serious about this job, Matt? And like, oh. <laughs> so then from that point on... I remember I had to uh, go through every single, and I remember being like, would you like mushrooms with your steak? Yeah. Would you like sautéed onions with your steak? It's soul killing. Perhaps you would like a slice of avocado with the salad? And these people would look at you like, dude. (laughs) You got to try and sell them the dessert. You got to try and get them to get the mushrooms on the steak. You know. What was was your point, though? What was your point about Ted's Montana Grill? Um... Did I mess you up? I'm sorry. Honestly, couldn't say. <laughs> grilled what cheese. What's my point about? Grilled cheese, Tez Montana Grill. Oh, oh, because uh, of the comfort food thing. Right, right. Because of modern American comfort food. Bison, bison burgers. Bison meatloaf. <laughs> we have beef as well as bison meat. <laughs> have you ever tried a bison steak? It's higher in, <laughs> it's higher in iron. Higher in protein. <laughs> higher in protein. Lower in fat. Try our bison fillet. No, you, but that no but that was a killer job, though. I have to say, it it was it was killer because it, you made good money as a college kid. But it it really was uh, one of the most like intense corporate environments I ever been I've ever yeah, been. Yeah, it was. So I, for one, sometimes I miss the camaraderie of working in a restaurant because you know you guys, 
you really are all friends. You go and you party together and you're in it together. And it's, and it's a lousy situation for the most part. You know, no, who wants to spend six hours a night slinging steaks? In plenty, a of, plenty of people want, I mean, what do you say want? I mean, I see, I get your point. I mean, it's not, not, not always the best situation. It all depends on so many factors. It depends on obviously the quality of the food that you're serving, the, the, like the passion of the owner, the general manager, all these factors. But I've I'm been talking in- about. I'm talking about your Applebee's and your Chili's and stuff like that. Like I would venture to say, would you venture to say that the majority of people who work at Chili's, like, would rather be doing a different job? Yeah, yeah. But you're 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 citing the absolute purest corporate side of the. Uh, I mean, that's. Well, that's what I mean. I'm talking so, about your. Wait, ten, wait, wait. If I'm girl. if I'm an 18 year old kid and I'm serving tables at Chili's, I'm probably, I'm probably on top of the world. Remember, I'm making say I'm making 100 bucks a dinner and I'm making right. 50 or 60 bucks a lunch. I'm sure it's great for the first year where you're like, this is the greatest. We're going out after this and we're making all this money. Right. It's but not bad when it's just a, a way to make some money. If you're but 20, if you're if you're 25 and you're bartending at Chili's. You probably are like, oh, this is awful, but I'll probably make it out. Like, I'll be okay. If you're 40 and you're bartending at Chili's or waiting tables, you're probably like, this is awful. This is terrible. I don't know. I would be interested to see a poll of, like, say, uh, restaurant workers over 30 that work in a corporate restaurant. How many of them, honestly, would really rather not be there? Yeah, it'd be hard to get an honest answer out of people, I guess. Yeah, it would. The The whole thing about restaurants, and that's what I found early in the restaurant game. You remember I started as a busboy at 16. I think you started as a busboy too, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, and uh, at the Turtle Club in Punta Gorda. And that's when I realized that from that age, from like the age of 16, probably up until your mid-20s, is that's the best money on average you can make, like on an average job. Doing well, it seems like an awful lot too when you you're a 17, 18 year old kid and you walk out on a Saturday night with 125 bucks in your pocket. It's like whoa. But the point is, you have to like graduate to the next level. You have to keep going. So it's like, okay, Chili's is great. Okay, I'll go to the fancy steakhouse down uh, the street, you know, and start serving eighty dollars steaks instead of twenty dollars. Right. Steaks. Well, that's a different thing. That's you. You can make a career out of being a server. Oh, absolutely, dude. If it's a absolutely. good place, but I, I mean, I'm talking about your bottle. You know, your your Olive Gardens. Yeah, but in the end. I'm telling you that the way the landscape is, those those corporate restaurants are making up less and less and less. I mean, in Sarasota, I can speak certain cities. That's all you have. But dude, do you uh, know the rate at which those restaurants open worldwide? What? You're talking about you know how many Starbucks is they, open a day? Well, dude, that's not a restaurant. That's a cafe. I don't know. I w- it's pretty. It's close to an Applebee's. It's a it's a corporate uh, cafe. Dude, it's not even close. You're talking about a full-fledged restaurant versus a place that serves coffee and like uh, kind bars. <laughs> no, no, no. Not I get even you. Applebee's. Uh, look, Chili's. look. I've traveled quite extensively around the country here these last few years, and I've seen a lot of towns in America that are corporate. Uh, you know, I don't want to say oasis because that's a bad term, but corporate towns. Corporate wastelands, that's a better, yeah. So it's just got nothing but corporate box store next to corporate restaurants, next to fast food chains, next to a sandwich shop chain. It's all chains. You know, I remember I remember feeling like that a little bit in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I was on the outskirts in the suburban part, not in the city. In the city, of course, it's more like, you know, regular city style. But just saying there's certain places in the U.S. that that's all there is, and that's how people go out. But there's plenty of places... Where I guarantee you, in a city like here in Sarasota, there's even in Punta Gorda, there's more family-owned, family-run, just individual restaurants than corporate stuff. But we're a tourism city. Yeah, I mean, I guess you talk it, about an industrial city, a manufacturing city like uh, Duluth, Iowa. <laughs> well, Duluth is actually probably a pretty cool town, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They make some good underwear. I know that. Well, that brings up a, that brings up another topic, though. Too. I mean, that's it's it's 
I want to say to all the, the restaurant owners and workers out there, I feel you. I'm with you. Um, man, this was, this was a real blow to that industry. But I have hope that, yes, there's going to be a reshuffling big time. There's going to be a lot of places right now that are not going to make it. But there will be a budding new scene eventually out of this. And hopefully it's cool. Hopefully people take this chance. I think you may be overestimating the degree of turnover. I think what you're going to see more than that, I mean, some are some restaurants and businesses are going to close, but oh yeah, it's not going to be a complete reshuffling. You're you're going to lose maybe twenty percent of them, and the other ones are going to be beleaguered beleaguered with debt, but still hanging on, still making it work. Yeah, it, but twenty percent is still a pretty significant chunk of businesses. I mean, oh, it is. I'm not downplaying it whatsoever. I just and there's I, plenty I of. I don't know if you're going to see a revolution. There's a group in um, Sarasota. I think they go along the Gulf Coast called Tableside. And they run like a whole big group of restaurants. And they are going out of business. And, you know, that's like a restaurant, you know. Um, So I'm just saying, yeah. You know, we're all sitting here wondering. The number one question for all people, I think, worldwide is when are we going to start again? We want... To be safe, we want everyone to, you know, everyone's going to follow the rules and, you know, do this whole thing. But, you know, when are we going to be able, it's not going to go back to normal right away. We're not going to push a button. Everything's going to change. But when can well, we let's go do, back? Let's do our part to um, help a little bit of commerce. And um, I think we have another another ad that uh, somebody bought oh, on yeah? our show. So. Oh, yeah? Who, who, else, who else sponsored us? Uh, it's a place called Ant- Antony's Italian Restaurant. So I'm going to take a break real quick and let them um, get their airtime, and then uh, we'll be right back. 10-4. Okay. All right. Brought to you by Angelo's Italian Restaurant. Forget about it. Hey, this is Angelo from Angelo's Italian Restaurant. We got the best Italian food in the world. And if you don't think so, well, don't break my balls, okay? We're doing curbside takeout, wearing gloves, masks. Hey, Ma, wear gloves, all right? We got the focaccia virus going around. We got spaghetti and meatballs. We got veal picada, mozzarella, and lasagna, I think. Ma, you make the lasagna? Yeah, 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 we got lasagna. We got pasta fajol too, but you better be careful because, you know, it gives you gas. Ma! Beans give me gas! Don't break my balls! Also, one thing I want to make clear. You get two breadsticks poured, all right? That's final! Don't break my balls! Okay, welcome back, guys. Thank you to Angelo's for that, uh, for that lovely commercial, so... Let me ask you something. What's up? What is your level of gamer? Are you a gamer? No. Definitively no. I uh I have a uh a, Ninten- a Super Nintendo thing that ah. I, I can play Mario Kart once in a while. Um I used to play Xbox uh probably college years, Halo, um Right. Madden, that kind of thing. I tried to get back into it. I think a couple of years ago, and it just it just doesn't catch me the same right. anymore. I can't. Never in high school. Yeah, in high school, Halo for sure. Me, me and Ryan, me and Ryan Nolan used to have some pretty epic Halo runs. <laughs> All right. See, I was the other side. I was a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Either yeah, we were we were Xbox people, but. Um, I, I thought about yeah. I can't say I had thought about like buying one now in these times, but now I'm like, Ugh. I don't. It's know. really hard to spend too much time on them because it just is ultimately so inconsequential. Exactly. Like I, I don't have the same, and I don't want to like get on the internet and play people. I just don't care that much, you know. I just whatever. I can enjoy it as a some some games they make now are extremely cinematic and and story driven, and. Uh, it's almost like reading a book or watching a movie. I get why people are into it. I totally do, and especially to pass the time or whatever. Um, I've 
also see it bring out the worst in people <laughs> to where oh, it can be addictive to, and addictive. And also I see people fly into a, a rage over like getting shot by some random Korean kid or whatever. Sometimes I wish, sometimes I wish I could get back to that place though. I mean, when I was a kid and I used to play PlayStation two a fair amount, I mean, I could sit there and spend hours playing a game and it occurs to me now stuck at home that that would be a great way to, to pass the time to entertain yourself if I could only get myself back into that place of caring about it and being interested in it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like yeah, if you're, you either feed that interest or lose it, and I lost it. Like I just don't have the drive to do well, it. Some of it is comes with age. I you, think. you know what I've lost. You know what I've done is I've I've played some online poker, which is fun. Oh yes, which is fun for me. Uh, I've played free poker, also the the cheap uh, tournament games online. Um, and words, words with friends, which, which I've had a few pretty, pretty good matches there. I eat up some time. Well, you're a pretty accomplished poker player. No, not at all, dude. Not, not accomplished. I mean, I've, uh, <laughs> I learned everything I, I know about it from Dan Utsi, um, who taught me about poker and I've had, I've put it this way. I've over my whole poker career, probably, won a little bit more money than i've lost but there's no way to to prove that <laughs> i saw the guy uh who you played poker with in vegas on conan o'brien's from home late night talk show yeah that's a pretty cool story uh you know and it was a it was a 60 dollars, and it, it's the guy from uh uh from su- super bad zombie land su- super bad it's not the guy from zombie land no it's the guy from super bad Oh, they're very similar. Yeah. What's his name? I can't think of it right now. But I can't recall either of them. It names. was a $60 game at the Mirage. It was like the cheapest game you could play at the Mirage, right? And I sit down at the table, and it's like he's wearing a hoodie. And like eventually one guy goes, hey, you're that famous guy, aren't you? <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, you got me. And he's like, oh, can I take a picture? And he's like, no, I don't take a picture. So, well, you're sitting there playing a poker game. What are you gonna do? Get up and take a picture in the middle of a poker game? Yeah, this, but but this guy, <laughs> this guy took it and he, he didn't he didn't push it any further. But I found out. Get this, he this actor is now starring in a poker not starring but in a role in a poker themed game on net uh, movie on Netflix. It's called oh, Molly. Netflix seems to be really really firing on all cylinders these days. Oh, well, they're the they're one of the main media content managers now. Have you watched the Tiger King business? I, I totally have watched the Tiger King business. It's, I don't have Netflix currently, so I have I'm the only person left in America <laughs> that hasn't seen it. Dude, it is like a white trash collage from heaven. <laughs> it is like it is America, like the underbelly of America in a nutshell. There's drugs, there's tigers, there's <laughs> there's cracked out Oklahoma people. Uh, That's the there's, underbelly of there's, America. There's Vegas swindlers. It's great. It's a great... High praise from Matthew Sparks. Well, it's entertaining, dude. I mean, it is a little bit depressing. It's like, he in the end, it's like, it's, it's exploitation, you know? It's like... Ooh, a lot of people, you know, are overlooking that point of like this, this, <laughs> this guy had, I think he had 250 tigers in this little zoo in, oh, that's, in that's Oklahoma. A, that's an unnecessary amount of tigers. And he, he got 20 years in federal prison. Oh, just for the amount of tigers? That no, a bunch of, char- a bunch of charges. I mean, it was like uh, animal abuse. Oh, and the main, ba- and the main charge was he, uh, uh, do you want me to ruin it for you or not? Uh, well, where, who does this Carol Baskins and where does she come into the story? <laughs> Carol Baskin is the owner of a sanctuary for tigers in Tampa. She's not, fu- so she's trying to rescue the tigers from Joe exotic. Well, she's just trying to rescue tigers in general. So she rescues tigers and she only has like 20 tigers. Like, and she makes sure, you know, it's like a much more happier place, I think. And they rescue. That sounds like that sounds like an odd uh, statement to have only twenty tigers. <laughs> yeah, that would seem to be a lot of tigers. Well, compared to ten times the amount at the other place, and what what these zoos. So it's basically zoo versus sanctuary, and the zoos breed the tigers and sell the baby cub. Like you could buy. I didn't know this until the documentary. 
you can buy a baby tiger. Like it was, it's possible. And it's, it's, I'm very, I'm surprised by that. They said, do you have to prove that you can take care of it first? I'm sure after a while you have to, and the animal control comes around or whatever you, you know, once they, cause remember, I think it's, it's like six to months to a year uh, before th- these tigers go from little baby, cute little tigers to big roaring. So could you then, well, I guess what he did, so y- you could then buy a couple of cubs, tiger cubs from a zoo and breed them. And over several generations, you would have enough tigers that you yourself could become an exotic animal dealer and sell them. I don't know if the laws are the same. I think this this has changed over time, you know, because in the past they were showing in the document there's literally like no laws on the books for this kind of thing like people could just do it it's literally there's no laws for specific exotic animals on the books i'm sure just like anything over time like the the animal control gets like funded and defunded and there's someone watching but there's someone not really watching it's so weird to me how there's no one watching like this guy in the middle of oklahoma starting a big and he didn't just have tigers dude he had monkeys he had alligators he had llamas he had a humongous exotic animal farm in the middle (laughs) of oklahoma it's like the worst place to have a zoo like the, so then he had he was running a I mean he had employees he was running a business oh yeah and a lot of these <laughs> that's half the fun though because a lot of his employees are like the local Oklahoma guys or whatever and they're they're just <laughs> one guy not, not one <laughs> educated in the ways of of wild animal one, management well one guy doesn't have legs one guy is like one 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 lady uh, uh, lost her arm she got her arm got bit off by a tiger. <laughs> So it's totally like a <laughs> a shotgun zoo, you know what I mean? It's poorly ran. Have you seen Have you seen Green Book? The Green Book, a movie? Green Book, it's a movie, yeah. Is that the one about the deep south and the guy who drives the singer around? Right, right. Yeah, right, right. I saw that. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It was a really good one. Mhm. That was a that was a, Are you a that was quite you a Star Wars guy. That was quite the pivot, <laughs> wasn't it? Did you like that segue? Go from a trashy documentary to a a really soul a, a real soul searching uh, movie. Uh, I am a Star Wars guy, and I actually it's a good topic to bring up because I I ordered on Amazon the last Star Wars Episode Nine, and I was greatly disappointed. I I, I was not satisfied. I have heard it. You know, it it just Disney bought know, Disney bought it, dude. Effect. You know, there's a lot to be said for puppets and for models and for live action cinematic recording. CG can not always add to the value of a movie. Yeah, but that's true, but there's more of like they took the storyline to such this weird place to me and but have you seen the mandalorian no but that's on disney plus though i think i don't have that oh but it is top notch one of the best movies space western one of the best television shows in years since the sopranos and you have you have disney plus i have disney plus because i have a two-year-old yeah right (laughs) who who only likes a no-brainer and what's the show she likes to watch it's called Fancy Nancy. <laughs> and does she goes Fancy Nancy and it and it lives inside of my inside of my brain. Oh my god. Dude, when this is all over, I'm so going to watch Fancy Nancy with Millie. It's uh, about this uh, girl who likes everything to be fancy. <laughs> and she um <laughs> I'm convinced every I'm convinced family. every single kid's cartoon was conceived in a room with people getting stoned. I'm like for <laughs> for sure, like especially our our cartoons, the Nickelodeon run. You're of, talking about your uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Oh my god, sure. the trippiest like cartoon Ren ever. Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy. Even Rugrats got a little weird sometimes. Uh Doug <laughs> Doug's Doug's Modern Life or Doug? Was it just Doug? Now you remember Doug, right? Doug, uh, Doug was a great show on Nickelodeon. It was an iconic 
age uh, defining television show. Yeah, it was a good show. And then ABC purchased the rights to it and created a Doug cartoon of their own with slight modifications but uh, but which made it completely different and it was so jarring to watch because you're used to it, was, it would be like if abc had bought friends and completely changed the circumstances of the characters and friends it would it's jarring yeah i don't even know that happened but you know those are the iconic re- like we just named it that's that's the that's the row really of you know what i think is funny if you watch in in particular, Ren and Stimpy and SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> it's, oh yes, yeah, SpongeBob. The depictions of bulbous butt cheeks <laughs> in those shows is a, a frequently <laughs> used trope for a cartoon these days. No, but Ren, bouncing but butt cheeks. Ren and Stimpy specifically got really weird. Like <laughs> yeah, they it, did. there was like a lot of gross like close ups. Like yeah. like <laughs> slow nineties slow motion like weirdness. They were cutting edge, but it was on no, a kid's question. It was on a kids channel. That's a question that I feel feel like needs asking as well. Is 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 there a line in comedy? Where is it, and what's appropriate and what's not? Holy I, I smokes! We could for, talk for you, we could talk all month about that. There's because because there's a line being always being attempted to be drawn always now but there are there are like i'll give you like south park is a good example and family guy occasionally that there nothing is off the table for them joke wise they'll make fun of uh cancer yeah i mean if you're you're a stand-up comedian right i mean it's just absolutely nothing is off the table and i feel like that takes away from it for me like i would i would like a little more decorum in my comedy just a smidge I just don't. I want you to go up to the line, but I don't want you to just flagrantly jump over it and go running past it. I want you to tow it. Well, the line that you speak of is between a true comedian and just a free speech uh, endorser, because no, but it can be truly funny. But what I'm saying is that I think a lot of those extreme moves, yeah, they're done in the name of comedy, but they're more or less for. They're shock tr- value shock value and free speech they're trying to say i i, I can uh, insult anybody you know yeah, i get it i get it it's a rattling of the chains but trust me i've seen plenty of jokes on family guy where i was like oh my god that was not only funny but that not funny it's in poor taste it's, it's so, poor i taste. mean but n- not just like ooh, that was poor taste it was like that was deeply offensive like i, I cannot if you could say that's in poor taste on the opposite side of the coin as your archie bunker right like your archie bunker was so conservative that he was in poor taste he was a he was a racist unpleasant stereotype you know what i've never really but, saw i just know of the tropes of archie bunker i never actually watched a show you know i don't know but Ar- archie bunker was just this bellicose um yeah i just guy. know he was a racist and uh, was that the uh i'll punch you i'll punch you in the face guy no, I think you're thinking of uh, of uh, the honeymooners. I'll punch to... you to the moon or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when beating your wife was uh, okay, <laughs> or not not that. Wait, was, not uh, only uh, not only okay, okay, not only okay, but you like <laughs> laughed about it in a in a, in a, in a community <laughs> you know, situation. It was on in the, in the living room of Americans going, oh, that's funny. I really do physically. But that me. but that's why it's so funny when people talk like you talk to an older guy and he's like, yeah, the good old days, man. Back in yeah. the, <laughs> back in the late fifties and the sixties, everything. Sir, are, are you aware? Of, and it's like there's like there's like a a black guy and a gay guy behind him going, wait a second. Uh, uh, that, no, wait a minute. That wasn't cool for us. <laughs> no. One of these days, Alice. One of these to days. The, to the moon with ya. <laughs> yeah, now now you run a joke like that and it's like you're crucified. Look what happened. But me, I'm, I'm me wondering and, so if the other side of the coin of a joke like that. Me and you is South Park taking it too far about uh just what they can get away with saying. And don't get me wrong, South, you know, Trey Parker is hilarious. He's, he defines our generation in a way, and I respect him and think he's hilariously funny. But he crosses the line a lot whenever he can figure out how to. But I think it's an art form. Satire is an art form, and South Park has pushed it to its limits and beyond. 
So they're trying to set the table to say, you know, there's nothing that I cannot make satirical and make fun of. That our whole existence is absurd. And I'm going to show you. Greatest comedian of our time, Seth MacFarlane. When you say comedian, comedic. Will Ferrell. Comedic writer? Like you have to, are you just Just saying. All around, it doesn't matter. Any category. General funny guy. General, I would say it's Seth MacFarlane and Will Ferrell right at the top. Interesting. Seth MacFarlane is is up there. Have you seen this show, Drunk History? (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. What a brilliant concept. (laughs) Have comedians get drunk and tell stories. Yeah, it's pretty great. Right, and then have a little animated, or not (laughs) animated, a little skit going along with it, word for word. Drunk History is brilliant classic it's a classic show for sure for sure yeah so um you're still not toying with the idea of doing any sort of uh dating stuff through this no no i think not i think it's just too chaotic of an environment to even think about that you know i just ugh I just, I want this storm to settle for all of us, you know, I think, and I think now, I think we see the end uh, is possible of, of the storm, meaning that there'll be some after effects here for a while, but, um, you know, now it's not the time for sure. But I mean, it, is, it seems to me that your match.coms, your tinders are, would be lighting up right now with people lonely at home nothing else to do it seems like a, a prime time i don't know what to tell you buddy it's just it's not calling my name right now just not it's just uh it seems like work right now and i don't want to belabor my I mind that i don't want to belabor my mind with another thing you know it's like dating is always a source of anxiety for me so it's like it's a it's another thing to make me feel anxious in the time well, that it's I, also in a certain respect it's a, a celebration of life and you want to go out and be social and when you're just at home and you it's hard to get yourself into a well the, the mindset like most millennials i have a love hate relationship with my phone to whereas it's like i use it a lot and i have used it a lot over the years but um i don't i i, I tend now to try to try to break away from the screen effect you know i'm trying um, and but I mean that's one of the that's the only way to to commute to have contact to or communicate with the other sex through this at this point. I mean it's your only option. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get you, buddy. I mean, would you you think you'd be dating through this whole thing? Would you if you were single? Well, I mean, not dating. That's not obviously. But you'd be setting possible. up setting up the dates for the future. I just mean it would seem like an opportune time to have a, a couple different couple few different conversations going. You know what I mean? Why not? I mean, what I've, I've been, I've been off of all of dating sites for probably a year and a half. I've not, you just went totally dark, dark. I have not one application on my phone. Like I, you gotta remember, dude, we have, we've had different paths of our romantic life. And I was, I was on Tinder eight years ago, maybe something like that. I mean, I was part of the original Tinder crew. I got sick of it after a while. I got sick of the meat market. I got sick of uh, of the, <laughs> you know, of just. I just got sick of the of the format, you know, and and the so way. So what's the? I mean, what when you're? What's the dating method? You just try and meet a girl at the grocery store, or you know, you. Uh, yeah, try to the keep library. Keep it organic, and uh, and also I I don't know. I just I've I feel comfortable single so that's kind of a problem when it comes to dating oh okay you know i don't have that incessant urge to mate and be with a woman yes you do yeah 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 you're right i know you no you're right shut up (laughs) freaking biology trying to be a gentleman but you're an animal biology (laughs) not my fault to everyone out there I'm surprised we haven't seen some sort of a, a dating solution like, um, you know, a virtual speed dating site or something in response 
to all this. You're seeing a lot of innovations in a lot of other John, fields, but you're not seeing dating innovations. You haven't been in the game here for a long time. Tinder is the ultimate speed dating application. It's literally swipe, swipe, left, right, left, right. Ooh, match, let's talk. It's like there's no quicker way to judge someone. There is absolutely what no quicker way. What if you had way. a virtual, like, like a Zoom meeting with 20 men 20 single women now that's actually a just, cool idea a virtual right, you just speed get virtual dating. video paired up with somebody for five dude, minutes dude 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 dude, dude pushed up dude that's like a billion dollar idea <laughs> bro we're not we're not posting this i can't code well we'll go hire some san francisco asian guy to do it it's public domain now help yourselves to it Good Lord, watch. There's going to be some speed dating set that comes out in six months, and there's going to be some billionaire guy, and we're going to be, like, in our houses, bunkered up still. Yeah, he can have his Bugatti. <laughs> I don't care about I don't care about material things. <laughs> I don't care about material things. <laughs> take it. I know take what it. I do. Take it, public. Take it. Money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you a very sweet boat. Or like a really sweet trip around the world. Or a Yeti 110 ice down with some silver bullets. It's actually, people are all talking about travel. Like, oh yeah, no, no, you're not going to travel at all. It actually might be in the next, like say after the next six months, the best time to travel ever. You're literally going to have the cheapest flights, the cheapest hotel rooms, the cheapest, and I understand people don't want to catch a virus. I get it. But at some point, you're going to have to migrate out of your house and go live your life at some point. So we'll get there. Yeah, it's going to have to happen. In the meantime, we just got to keep our heads up, trying not to drink every bottle of wine in the house. <laughs> too late. Try not to eat too many grilled cheeses. Too late. And stay positive. Stay positive, everyone. On that note, we'll we'll dip out. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for the second edition of the Aging Millennials podcast. We appreciate you all. We love you. We're, hope you're, we're hoping you're staying safe and comfy in your quarantine zones. And hang in there. We'll see you soon. Love you guys. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Aging Millennials Podcast.